Uh, bow down your heads with me. Father God in heaven, Jesus, we praise you and glorify you, Lord God, for you deserve all glory and praise. Truly, you're a faithful God and a God that cares for us. Thank you, Lord, for gathering us this afternoon to worship and praise your name. I pray that you will be pleased with everything that we do today. Lord, we ask, we thank you, Lord God, that despite this life's trials and tribulations and challenges, we have you and that you will see us through. Thank you, O Lord, for you are faithful and true. Lord, we ask that you bless us today. Bless the children, Lord God, and their Sunday school teachers. And Lord, please speak to your people tonight. Open each person's heart and mind tonight, today, Lord God. And I pray that every person in this building tonight will be filled with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and be ready to receive your message. Lord God, I ask that you impart your wisdom to me. Use me to speak to your people. Bless my preparation, Lord God, but override them. Use me as your vessel, as your instrument, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. So kids, you can go. I think they already did. <laughs> All right, enjoy Sunday school. That's one thing I really wish I was able to do, is to be part of the Sunday school. Um, as for me, I was already 18 years old when I became uh, a, a Christian. Uh, so back in my old, you know, uh, old faith, we didn't really have Sunday school. So it's unfortunate. <laughs> so my wife always tells me the, the good stuff about it because she grew up in Sunday school, doing Awana, um, vacation Bible school, and it all sounds so good. So parents... Send your kids to church activities. And I would definitely uh, send my daughter to any kind of church activities, for sure. I'll force her to do it. <laughs> All right, so, well, let's start with this to lighten up the mood. So I have my friend Andres, right? So it's been so long since I've been in the pulpit. It's back in the old building. So it's, as always, it's always a privilege to to really deliver God's message. Right. So I have my friend Andres. I abused him before. But Andres was once, uh, used to be a salesman. So Andres was walking around the neighborhood. It's a nice neighborhood because he was selling appliances. So Andres went to this particular house and he saw that there was a boy sitting at the porch next to a dog. So Andres is scared of dog, you know. He got bit before. So he asked the boy, Hey, hey buddy, does your dog bite? And the boy just immediately answered Andres, Nope, my dog, dog don't bite. So Andres was like, oh, okay, cool. So he stepped onto the porch to ring the doorbell, and he wants to sell his appliances. But suddenly, the dog bit him viciously, right, on his leg. So he was mad at the boy, and he said, dude, I thought you said your dog didn't bite. He screamed. And the boy said, my dog don't bite. That's what the boy said. But that's not my dog. <laughs> so that's why you get bit. <laughs> you know, sometimes in life, 
It's about asking the right question, right? It makes all the difference, asking the right question. All right, so with that being said, we're going to talk about life's most important questions today. What are life's most important questions? Have you ever asked, why am I here? Do I just have to like work day in and day out, go to bed and back to work again? Have you ever asked that? Right? Do you have an, who's iPhone users here? Raise your hand. Oh, okay. I am, I love iPhones. The simplicity is awesome. Well, if you do have an iPhone, try this at home, or you can ask Alexa or Hey Google, stuff like that. But ask Siri this question, because she's pretty smart. And have you heard of ChatGPT? Well, I use it at home, I mean at work, to correct my grammar. It's really awesome and useful. So try it out. Well, ask Siri this question, because she's pretty smart, especially with math. You can ask her to find the square root of any number, and she can give you the answer in seconds. Right? So, but some of her answers can be funny. Um, try asking Siri, why did the chicken cross the road? And he'll, she'll give you different kinds of answer, and you can even ask her, where is Elvis? Right? Uh, but my favorite is when you ask Siri, what is zero divided by zero? And this is her answer. Imagine that you have zero cookies and you divided them between zero friends. See, it makes no sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies and you are sad because you have no friends. <laughs> so, the sarcasm, right? It's crazy. But it's fun. I love talking to Alexa. I think for me personally, I love Alexa over Siri. Sometimes Siri is so dumb. <laughs> Well, tonight, uh, this afternoon, the Bible, con um, we will talk about life's most important questions, right? So, you know, in the Bible, there, it contains a lot of questions. In fact, the first recorded word of Satan, our greatest enemy, was a question. In Genesis 3, he, uh, the, the enemy asked Eve, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? Right? That was a question. That wasn't, that wasn't what God said at all, right? But the devil is always trying to get people to question God's character. That's what he do. Always cast that question. Twist it a little bit, right? So, and also, life is full of questions. You, you and I have a lot of questions. And you can look for answers answers from everywhere. You can ask Google, Alexa, Siri, or whoever it is you're going to, right? You can look for answers. But I'd like you to look for life's question in the Bible, right? In the Bible. Because that's where really you can find the right answer, right? So for this afternoon, we will address the three most, for me personally, the three, mo three most important questions in life. Right, in my humble opin opinion. And those are, who is God? Have you ever asked that question before in your life? If you did, raise your hand. Have you ever wondered who God is when you were a child growing up? How about who God say I am? 
right? Who, if, if there is a God, then what, do, what does it think of me? Why am I here, right? And lastly, it has to do with purpose. Who should I live for? Right now, I want you guys to reflect on those questions, right? Who is God? Who God say I am? And who should I live for? Have you ever wondered, like, who are you living for? Or what's your life's purpose? Are you just existing? Like, as what other people um, believe that we're just a clump of cells together. And then one day you're going to die and then vanish into the thin air. Will you take that? Because I wouldn't. There's no point in living life if I'll just, there's no meaning. Right? You know, the Bible, the Bible is your tool to know God deeply and intimately. Right? And that, that's where we can find the answers to these questions. You know, the answer to this life's question is available for you to discover. All you have to do is really open your Bible. God did not make this like a, some kind of treasure that you have to find. You have a map and it's like you're going for a treasure hunt. No, it's right there on your bookshelf at home or on top of your cabinet and it's all dusty, right? So that's where you can find the answers. So we will discover the answers to these questions today, okay? And we'll, we'll unpack it. I'd like to start with Psalm 19, verse 7. It reads that the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The, tes the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Right? You want to be revived? You want to find out your life's big questions? Open your Bible. Everything you need to, do you need to know about life is in the Bible. And everything you need to know about God is in the Bible, right? That's why Bible means basic instruction before leaving earth, right? So, because life, this is life here on earth is just temporary. We still have eternity past to live, right? But are you going to live it in hell or are you going to live it with God? That's the question, right? So let's go into our first point. Who is God? Who is God? So I have a couple um, definitions of who God is this afternoon. But who is God? What is God? How can we know God? Or a lot of people even ask the question, is there a God? Have you ever asked that question? Is there really a God? Especially if you're like bombarded with all the problems in the world. And Lord, are you really there? I'll be honest with you. Life is not easy. It's difficult. Right? A lot of surprises, a lot of challenges. I've been, I'm only 33 years old. But I've been, I'd say, I've faced a lot of life challenges. And there is some point in my life that I really question if he is there. Right? And that's for you to discover if, is he, if he is really there, right? So these are the questions we, pond, we pondered as we go through life. I remember asking when I was a kid, is that really Jesus? And I was in that church and I was like, 
why is he staring at me? <laughs> Everything, everywhere I go, I go to the left, and that dude was staring at me. That dude was staring at me. I was like, this is really creepy. <laughs> why is he there? He's not supposed to be there anymore. <laughs> right? So it was scary. Man, I got over that fear. So that's good. Right? So all Christians, all Christian theology, it's very important that we um, study theology as Christians, right? Um, so, has the character of God at its center. So, our knowledge of God aids our understanding of our own being, purpose, and salvation. From God flows all life and goodness as a light shining in the darkness. So, it's very important that you know who God is for you to find out why you're here and to, for you to find out what your purpose is, right? So your, your perception and perspective of God will really dictate how you're going to live your life, right? So if you think that God just don't care, he's just like how basketball player describe him, hey, the man above, you know, and doesn't care, then that's how you're going to live your life. But if you know who truly God is, then that will reflect on how you will live your life. You know, many Christians spend far more considering things that are secondary to God's character than the character of God itself. So there are, there are many reasons for this, right? So theology proper or doctrine of God is a complicated subject, right? There's a lot of questions, and it requires intense intellectual study. Also, knowing God or the theology of God may seem far removed from the daily life of the average Christian. And our continual battle with our sinful nature, which presents itself in our inherent selfishness, causes us to focus on ourselves rather than our Creator. So there are some things about God that we are truly unable to comprehend too. And that is because we are limited, right? Our limitations as creatures. There are, like, there are questions you might have that you will never find answer here. And you can ask Jesus if you believe in him when you see him face to face, right? So... So who will be able to tell, to tell you properly who God is, right? It's not going to be your neighbor, but rather the answer, again, lies in the book. It's called the Bible, right? And it's very important that you truly know who God is, of the, who God of the Bible is, because it will dictate how you will see yourself and how you will live your life, right? There are other gods out there, right? The Hindus have Thousands and, I guess it's thousands of gods, right? Even a cow to them is a god, right? That's why they don't eat beef, right? For the Buddhist, Buddha is all they, ha they have. As for the Muslims, they think Jesus is not God, but a prophet. And then since Muhammad came after Jesus, then Muhammad is greater than Jesus, right? But what we need to discover is the God of the Bible, right? First one is, who is God? The fact, right? The fact of God's existence is so conspicuous, right? Conspicuous means standing out 
as to be clearly visible, both through creation and through man's conscience. That's the Bible, and that's the Bible calls the atheist a fool, right? So to say that there is no God, the Bible says that those people that say there's no God, they're fool, right? In Psalms, in Psalm 14, verse 1, the fool says in this heart, in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good, right? So God calls those who, stay, who believe that there is no God fool. So according to the Bible, uh, accordingly, the Bible never attempts to prove the existence of God, but rather it assumes his existence from the very beginning. What the Bible does is reveal the nature, the character, and the work of God. You know, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So God is already there. It did not say like, oh, maybe in the beginning, God was there. No, in the beginning, God was already there. So he's outside time. He was there from the beginning until the end, right? So have you, what was, what's the most beautiful building you've seen in your life? As for me, I went to, I went to this really tall building in Vietnam one time, and it was like, really high, right? So, and I, I ponder about it. How did they build this, right? So, this, to illustrate that there is really God, it's like a building, right? Building just don't appear one day. Do they? No, they don't. Someone, it's just obvious that someone has designed it and has built it, right? It's the same thing. Everywhere you see you see God's beautiful creation, right? Have you been to the Grand Canyon? It's awesome there. If you haven't, you should go, right? And you will see that it's not an accident. That tiny little Colorado River can just smash its way into those canyons and build it. No, I don't believe it. Someone must have. Someone designed it and did it that way. Same way our earth, our beautiful home, for now, right, is created by God. And you and I is created by God. That's why we can reason like this, right? And we don't bark. <laughs> and just start doing that. No, you don't. Right, next one is the definition of who God is, right? So thinking correctly about God is, at, is of utmost importance because a false idea about God is idolatry, Right? In Psalms 50, verse 21, when you did these things and I kept silent, you thought I was exactly like you. But I now arraign you and set my accusation, accusation before you. So, um, next is, who is God? His nature. His nature. We know certain things to be true of God for one reason. In His mercy, He has condescended to reveal some of his qualities to us. So God is spirit by nature intangible. So in John 4, 24, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth, right? Sometimes we want to put God in a bottle. No, God is not like us. He is the supreme moral being, right? He is, his knowledge 
is way beyond what we can comprehend. Okay. So, next one is, who is God? His character. His character, here are some of God's characteristics as revealed in the Bible. That God is just, God is loving, He's truthful, He's holy, God shows compassion, God judges sin, and but also offers forgiveness for you and I. In Romans 5:17, for if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life? The one man, Jesus Christ. So God forgives. He knows we're imperfect people, right? That's why there is a need for Christ. And that's the only way we can be forgiven is through His Son, Jesus Christ. So, and lastly, oh, okay. Have you guys seen this before? This is the, I'm a nurse by profession, so I kind of like science a little bit, tiny bit. So this is, this right here is called laminin. Laminin is a protein binding cell that can be find, found in your cell, right? You look into the stet, uh, uh, microscope. But anyways, that's how laminin looks like in the microscope, across. And you know what laminin Laminin's, um, laminin's purpose is? Laminin is a glycoprotein that is component of connective tissue basement membrane and that promotes cell adhesion. You guys know what cell adhesion means. You know what's holding you together and what makes you look like you right now and you're not falling apart? It's because of laminin. And it's awesome how it looks like under a microscope. It's a cross. And the Bible tells us that Jesus is the one that holds you together. Isn't that amazing? Okay. So, lastly, God wants to have a relationship with you. A relationship with Him. In the person of the Son, Jesus Christ, God became incarnate. The Son of God became the Son of Man and is therefore the bridge between God and man. It is only through the Son that we can have forgiveness of sins, reconciliation with God, and eternal salvation. In Jesus Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Right? So to really know who God is, we have to do, all we have to do is look not within, but look towards the cross. Amen? Amen. So that's why in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, it reads, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. So you need him, folks. You need him. So that sums up who God is. And I barely touched that, right? It's superficial, and it will be up to you to really discover the nature, the character of who God is. So do your devotions, do your quiet time, and spend time with God alone. That's how you, we grow as Christians, right? And if you don't believe in Jesus, 
You want to prove that he's not real? Read the Bible. Do your research. There is this one pastor, Lee Strobel. He was an atheist. His, his wife became a Christian. And so he wants to disprove who, that Jesus is not God and that he's, he's false. And in the end, he became a Christian. And now he's an author. He's a pastor. Isn't that amazing? So next point is, who does God say I am? So now that we discovered who God is, now who does God say you are? Right? Many occasions in life, especially when dealing with difficulties and hardships, it makes you kind of just wonder and think about life and ask yourself, who am I? Why am I here? Right? These are fundamental questions as a human being. We should ask those questions. And I believe these questions gets asked in the earliest stage of lives, whether it's who am I going to be in this world or what is, the, what is my place in this world? Have you ever asked that? What is my purpose? Why am I alive? These questions intertwine together into like what God says who you are, right? Because a lot of us waste our time worrying about what the people think of us. We want to be valued. We want to be loved and respected. But we shouldn't base your identity into what the, what the world says, right? You shouldn't find meaning of life into what the world says because in the end, if you do that, Solomon said, everything was in vain. It's like catching your own fart. You think you did catch it, but you didn't. <laughs> it escapes, <laughs> right? So it's vanity, right? If that's how you will define your life. Your identity, you should be anchored on who God thinks you are, right? Who God thinks you are. The world will tell you that you're this and that, that you can actually try to answer the question yourself. But in the end, it's the ma it, what matters the most is who God says you are. So first and foremost, God says that you are a beloved child. Right, So, John, 1 John 3, 1, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that He sent His begotten Son for you and I, to attain salvation. But of course, we have to do our part. We have to believe in Him and to let Him reign over our life. Right? And that... So I love this... Um, I love this uh, quote by Timothy Keller. And he said that the gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we are we ever dared to believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. God loves you through and through. That he took a form of man to go to that cross, taste death, 
But praise God, he resurrected and lived again. So we should be grateful that we are beloved child of God. Next one is that God says, I am chosen. That you are adopted into his family through Jesus Christ to be his child forever. So even before he made the world, God loves you. He chose you to be a Christian, to be holy without fault in his eyes. You know, sometimes we think that we can do it our own, that, oh, yeah, I'm good enough. I gave this and that. That's how I used to live. You know, you just have to outweigh the bad stuff that you did, and then you're, you're good. It's like a, like a weighing scale. More good? Oh, God will take me. But no, God will prove you wrong. Because he will not look at what you've done, but he will look into what Jesus Christ has done. And then if you have Jesus in your life, that's what he sees. He sees Jesus in you. Amen? Next one is that God says, I am redeemed. You're so valuable that, we, that, that God had purchased us with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the, the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, the spotless lamb, the sinless and spotless lamb of God. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 19, it reads, For you know that it was not with perishable things, silver or gold, but it is the blood of Christ. It took life, his life for you, for him to save you. Do you guys, have you guys watched the, I, I'm a Marvel fan, even though I've been like kind of, kind of upset with Marvel because they're like putting all these agendas and stuff like that, like, you know, separate, <laughs> separate topic, right? But I am a Marvel fan. And I don't know if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah, you did. Okay, cool. So in the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, there is that scene where Yondo Udonta, where pretty much uh, Quill's stepfather, and he said to Peter that, he reveals to Peter that he loved Peter all this time. Peter is Star-Lord, right? He loved Peter all this time and tried to do the best he could to raise him. And in the end, he sacrificed himself for Peter, you know, because he was protecting him from his psychopath dad that wants to devour planets. <laughs> so he sacrificed himself for Peter, right? Um, so that Peter may live. You know, sometimes we don't realize how deep the Father's love for us, how deep God's love for you and I, until we see God's love in the sending of His Son, Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to really look into the character of Christ, of Jesus, because it's only through Him that you will be saved, nothing else. Only through Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That no one can come to the Father except through Him and Him alone. 
not through your pastor, not through your neighbor, or through a church you go to, or how good you are, but only through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So the more we study about the Word of God, the more we discover who we are in Christ. So study the Word of God. So if you've been neglecting it, it's time to get back to it. Really make it a habit to study His Word. Because through that, you will be transformed into the person that God says who you are. Right? That God says we are... Um, that. He w- you will be transformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. Okay, so this leads us to the last question. So as we know who God is and who he thinks we are, now we have to make a choice. Who should I live for? I want you guys to ask, that, ask yourself that right now. Verbalize it. Who should I live for? Ask your neighbor. Who should you live for? Come on, come on, guys. I need some participation here. <laughs> yeah, right? All right, you need to help me to keep your neighbor awake. <laughs> so, so this is a question of purpose. Will you live your life for Christ? That's a question. Or will you live your life for the world? No, we have to make that choice. You know, life is full of choices. Do you agree? Yeah? Life is full of choices. Some of them are important choices. Or sometimes you just ask your spouse, like, where do we eat tonight? And you're like, it's up to you, babe. <laughs> so I saw this TikTok where you just, men, you just say, oh, babe, I have this idea that we eat here. <laughs> Instead of asking the question, where, where should we eat? Because they'll never give you an answer. <laughs> right, so life is full of choices. Sometimes there are important choices, like will you get married? Who will you marry? Where will you go to college for the students? What career will you choose? I made a mistake in that one. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Those are big decisions. But the biggest choice you'll ever make is who do you live for? Who will you live for? Right? The good news is that God will will, will give you a choice about what you will do with your life, right? It's not going to force you into believing Him, right? God is too much of a gentleman to force anyone to accept His love. If it didn't have a bad connotation in today's society about abortion, God would be a pro-choice. <laughs> he, you can make your decision, right? You can make your decision. So, I, but I implore you, folks, brothers and sisters, choose Jesus. Live for him. But let me warn you, living for Christ is never easy. They said that, I've heard that it's impossible. It's supernatural. Only through the Holy Spirit that you can live your life for Jesus. First and foremost, you need Jesus in your life first. Sometimes people think that when you become a believer of Christ, you know, things will get easy, problem-free. If you've been to that church, you should never go back there. (laughs) Or if you hear a pastor say that or a preacher, run for your life, right? 
Because if you have not received Jesus, so if you have not received Jesus, if you're here tonight and you have not received Jesus and you have not made him the Lord of your life, then don't wait. Don't wait. And make the most important decision you will ever make and receive him as your personal Lord and Savior and start living for him. If you're already a believer, which most of, our, most of us are, right? Um, start living like one. We have to start living like one, okay? So God did not save you to just sit around. God did not save me to just sit around, right? And a lot of us, we want to just sit around, you know? We think we're in a business class, something. But no, God wants us to be part of his mission, to liberate the people from the bondage of sin. You know, we were singing that um, hymns earlier, and one, one of, the, of the lyrics says that, as he died to make us free, we have to live to make man free. So we have a mission. We have a mission, church. We have a mission. So what's our mission? God has given us a job. Said that we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be re reconciled to God. So we are ambassadors. You know what ambassador's job is? It's like going to a different country and you represent the country you're representing. Like if I'm an ambassador of the United States, and then they'll send me to each country, they'll have ambassadors. So if they send me to Turkey, then I better represent the United States with flying colors, right? Because it brings investment. They start believing that you guys are allies and stuff like that, right? So you are an ambassador. And you're not just representing someone, someone that is not important. You're representing the most important person in this universe, which is Jesus Christ. Amen? So you better represent him well. Okay? Represent. It's <laughs> gangster way. <laughs> right? So, so I'd like to end. That concludes... We will go into the conclusion now. Right? And I have one more question that I want to ask you. And I think it's very important that we address this very important question. Have you guys read the gospel, the four gospels of the New Testament? Have you guys paid attention to what was asked, the questions that was thrown? Right? So, earlier in the message... Um, that the Bible has a lot of questions, right? So, but of all the questions in the Bible, um, there is one very important question that were asked by no other than Pontius Pilate. Remember, Jesus went, was sent to Pontius Pilate, Pilate interrogated him, and etc. right? So, I, and I believe his questions is really very significant and important, right? Pilate's question was, what shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? 
What shall I do then with Jesus who is called the Messiah? You know, you and I, I have to answer that question. What shall I do then with Jesus? I have to answer that. And you have to answer that question. And you better come up with an answer. It's very important. Right? So, all of us, one way or another, before this, at the end of your life, you will face that question. Make it personal. What shall I do with Jesus? What shall I do with Jesus? You've heard the gospel, right? So now what should, what should you do with it? What should you do with Jesus? In fact, that is the question that every person who has ever lived must answer. Right? So Pilate, you can, you can choose different answers to this. You know, Pilate himself, Pontius Pilate, he chose to reject Jesus Christ. You know, what's most important for Pilate is his job, right? So he rejected Christ, he gave him to the mob and crucified him, right? Or you can be the mob that said, crucify, crucify, right? Crucify him. You can be the mob and you may choose to replace him. With who? Barabbas. They chose Barabbas over Christ. Or you can be the soldier, that punished Jesus and inflicted wound on him, right? You may chose to mock him, put a, a crown of thorns on him, slap him, or whatever you want to do, right? And a lot of times, that's what we want to do. That's what people do. We even use Jesus' name as a curse word. The world do, right? Or, lastly, you can choose to crown him as your Lord. You can choose to crown him as your Lord. You know, either you reject Christ or you receive him, or either you're going to crucify Jesus or crown Jesus as your Lord. You can, you can either turn your back on him or trust him. God gives us the only correct answer. The only cho choice that will lead to eternal life is to crown him as your Lord and Savior. And I really hope that you have made that decision to crown him as your Lord and Savior. If you have not, you have to make that decision, either to reject Jesus or crown him as your Lord and Savior. And if you are here today and you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, reflect on that and make that con conscious decision today. Make that conscious decision. Don't wait for tomorrow is never promised. You know, there's so many things that happened this week. I felt like this is one of the longest week. I realized that this, this week that the table can turn at any given time, at any given moment. And you better be ready where, whenever, wherever God calls you, right? So the most important thing that you will make, the most important choice and decision you will ever make is crown Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen? So that's our message this afternoon. Join me as we close in prayer. Father God in heaven, 
Jesus, we praise you and thank you for you are God that loves us, Lord. You loved, you loved us so much that you went through suffering, you tasted death, and you rose again for our sake. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we will not take that for granted, Lord God. But if we believe in you and we've crowned you as our Lord and Savior, we will live for you, Lord God. Help us not to, not to find meaning of our life in this world, but to find meaning of our life through you, knowing that you love us and that you have redeemed us. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. And I pray, Lord God, that if there's anyone today that has not received you as his or her Lord and Savior, I pray that that person will make that decision today, right now, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Thank you for you are faithful and true to your word. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.